Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome to this week's Medicinal Monday on the Alter Your Health podcast. I'm Dr. Susanna Alter. And I'm Dr. Ben. And we're both naturopathic doctors that empower individuals to heal themselves and reverse disease through whole food, plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. And I think that today is really the most important podcast episode we've ever recorded. I mean, <laughs> I mean, all of them are hopefully empowering, but this one is addressing the topic that we've talked about a bit and a lot of people talk about all the time. Um, but we're really addressing it head on today, preventing and reversing heart disease and really how we can become heart attack proof. Um, this is, a, of course, a big, big, big deal considering that heart disease is and has been the number one killer in our society. So we've got a lot to cover and um, hopefully you are in a place where you're ready to feel empowered, Uh, whether you've got early signs of heart disease or whether you have family history or whether you're just really wanting to optimize your lifespan and health span. um, You're in the right place to learn a lot today. Definitely. Yes. And as part of our head to toe series, I mean, we've gone through a lot of very important and essential organs and organ systems. Um, the heart, though, as you were saying, you're, you you named this as potentially maybe the most important. Well, it's, you know, I've heard, I hear people talk about the vital organs as yes. like, what's the most important vital organs? or vital organ. And a lot of people say, oh, well, the heart is the most important, the most vital of the vital organs. And they're all so so interconnected. But that being said, this is the most important topic only because heart disease is the most common killer in our society. In fact, you know, out of all the people who die, um, one in three are due to heart disease, like one in three deaths are due to heart disease, whether it's a heart attack, um, or uh, conge- congestive heart failure, or a stroke, which actually I, I believe the stroke isn't even counted in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so maybe if we were to consider vascular disease, cardiovascular disease as a whole, it's more like, I don't know, I don't know what the statistics are, I'd say closer to one in two people do, die due to cardiovascular disease. And the crazy thing is, the thing that just blows my mind 
despite these statistics that are so overwhelming, it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do about it? There's so much we can do about it. All of these cases, I would, I would say 99%. I would, you know, it's, you can never really say all of these cases because there are other confounding factors that may be somewhat out of our control, like genetics, even though we don't like talking about that here, here that so, so often because it's such a small little thing. Um, but 99% of these cases of, uh, you know, heart, heart attacks, strokes, and premature death, to put it frankly, are completely preventable and even reversible if we are able to catch the earlier signs of uh, heart disease. So, yeah. Totally. No, and I think that I think that you could make a compelling argument for, you know, the heart being the most vital organ because we think of all of our other vital organs like, you know, the liver and the brain and all these great organs we have, they all rely upon oxygen, which is delivered via our cardiovascular system. Of course. And if we have a blockage of an artery that is delivering that fresh oxygen to the organ, then we're going to have a big issue, right? And that's what a myocardial infarction is, right? When we yeah. have a blockage of a major um, cardiac artery. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get there. Okay, I, we'll get there. I, I just want to <laughs> set the stage a little bit more. And um, for sure, we, you know, it's hard to separate the heart from the vascular system because it often is combined to talk about cardiovascular health, um, very much one in the same system. Um, and we did talk all about vascular health a few weeks back in episode number 319 of the Alter Health podcast. So definitely be sure to refresh yourself with that crucial information to support vascular health. Uh, but really, just to emphasize again the importance of this, um, this is all about prevention. And I think that uh, prevention is kind of poo-pooed <laughs> because it's not that, not that sexy. Um, but in reality, uh, when we're talking about cardiovascular disease, when we're talking about heart attacks specifically, uh, heart attacks are, of course, a sign or a, 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 a symptom, a consequence of cardiovascular disease. But 50% of the time, that's the first sign or symptom of cardiovascular disease. A lot of people are walking around and yeah, they might have a little bit of elevated blood pressure that their doctor tells them about. They might have high cholesterol that their doctor tells them about, um, but they don't have any symptoms that are like, you know, suggestive of cardiovascular disease until they have a heart attack. Um, so 50% of the time, that's the first symptom of cardiovascular disease. If we're lucky, we get tuned into subtle sensations of fatigue or chest pain or shortness of breath, you know, some things that are just telling us that something's not quite right so that we can, you know, do something about it. Uh, but I always say, you know, when, when we are working with clients who have had heart, heart attacks, I say that's awesome news <laughs> that you are on the other side of this heart attack because let's face it, a lot of heart attacks and cardiovascular events are deadly. So assuming that we survive a heart attack and become on to the other side of it, there is so much that we can do to never have one again and to regain all of our cardiovascular function. Um, so that's what we're, again, what we're going to be talking about. So maybe we can crack right in. And, and I know you already talked about like what a, what a heart attack is. And I, I think that, you know, just defining that, that is important, you know, just yeah. to understand what's going on in the body, which is 
like you said, the blockage of a, of a coronary artery disrupting blood flow to the heart and leading to um, death of that heart, those heart cells or that heart muscle. Right, exactly. Yes. And, you know, we talked about in our vascular episode how we can have a blockage of an artery going to other organs as well. Um, but in the case of a heart attack, it's a really big deal because that is the muscle uh, in our body, you know, the heart is essentially a big muscle that is helping to distribute blood all throughout the body. So let's talk about what causes that. What causes cardiovascular disease, if we could break it down? All right. Well, we know about some major, major risk factors. I'm sure you've heard of them before. Um, but they're essentially all risk factors that lead to that endothelial dysfunction, which then leads to atherosclerosis, the placking of arteries. And when a plaque gets uh, broken off, dislodged, it's called it, ruptured, ruptured, thank you. Um, it can then create a Partial we, already, or we already talked about that. We already that. talked about that, yeah. yes. So we're talking about the causes. Thank the you. causes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it all goes back to endothelial dysfunction, the underlying cause of atherosclerosis. Okay. Um, yeah, so and what causes that? Well, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and endothelial dysfunction. I would say that endothelial dysfunction can be caused from other things other than high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Of course, oxidative stress. That's why like smoking... You know, a lot of people say smoking is the, the number one thing we can do to uh, lower our risk of having a heart attack. Um, but there are so many other things that are oxidative stressors in our lifestyle, especially, you know, in the 21st century. I mean, it's amazing to see how many people do still smoke. Um, but a lot of people are having heart attacks who do not smoke. Um, who have quit smoking years or decades ago, who are, or who have never picked up a cigarette ever in their life. Um, so, but that being said, there are so many other things that can cause that vascular dysfunction, which again, we talked all about in, um, or endothelial dysfunction, we talked all about in episode number 319. Let's talk a little bit about uh, blood pressure to start us off. And then we'll talk about cholesterol and, you know, optimizing these risk factors to help us prevent and reverse the, the risk of uh, a heart attack or a stroke. Great. So blood pressure. Well, I mean, because we're a plant-based podcast, you've heard us say probably a bajillion times how eating whole food plant-based, eating good nutrient-dense foods really helps us to optimize our blood pressure. How and does that happen? How does that happen? Well, you know, there's several factors that go into blood pressure regulation, of course, one of which is the balance of Electrolytes are the balance of minerals, the balance between sodium and potassium. And a standard American diet is extremely high in sodium compared to our intake of potassium. So that's one major way that eating whole food plant-based can help us regulate our blood pressure is because a plant-based diet mm -hmm. has so much potassium in it. Yeah, potassium, high potassium and low sodium. Exactly, especially if we're not pouring salt all over everything. But it's, the most important thing is really cutting out the packaged processed foods in the diet, because those are the foods that are loaded the most with sodium. Yeah. So blood pressure, you know, of course, that's kind of, again, a very common conventional intervention is just eating a low salt diet to help manage blood pressure. But oftentimes that that in and of itself doesn't do much uh, because there is too much uh, what is sometimes referred to as like vascular sclerosis or kind of stiffening of the arteries. Uh, 
often due to that endothelial dysfunction, you know, the, the oxidative stress and damage that happens in our vascular walls that kind of, that causes that sclerosis, um, and due to a simple lack of nutrients, specifically one of the most common, um, or one of the most famous nutrients are nitrates. We talked about also in episode number 319, how nitrates help deliver nitric oxide to our vascular system, which helps relax and dilate our blood vessels, which really radically quickly draw, allow our bodies to drop blood pressure and relax our autonomic nervous system to, um, you know, help maintain and balance our blood pressure. Um, so yeah, for sure. There's the electrolyte sodium potassium conversation. Um, in that is our hydration status conversation, but also just the understanding of the importance of increasing nutrient density in general, as we are, um, you know, decreasing our oxidative stress Definitely. because in the nutrient density in and of themselves, those nutrients help to relax the, you know, arteries and open up the arteries, but also those nutrients are antioxidants, which help fight the free radical damage from any of the oxidative stress that we might be exposed to if we're, you know, living on planet earth and exposed to toxins and whatnot in our lifestyle. Right. Right. And then a third thing that directly impacts our blood pressure, and you've heard us talk about this again and again, is the state of our nervous system. And if we are under chronic sympathetic activation, aka chronic stress, that is going to have a chronic blood pressure elevating effect in our system. Totally. And this is overlooked, but you know, it's a really interesting fact. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to quote this fact verbatim, but that there are more heart attacks on Mondays when people are going back to work. Well, I think that is the fact. And I think That's you the hit the nail on the okay, head. I, said it I right. think <laughs> it's, it, there's more heart attacks on Mondays. And also there's some, uh, some studies around, daylight savings time mm -hmm. when people lose an hour of sleep i forget i always mess up whether it's the spring or the fall when that happens when people lose an hour of sleep spring. in the spring when you spring forward mm -hmm. you lose that hour and that loss of an hour of sleep creates more physiologic stress in the body which is uh translated to increased sympathetic nervous system activity and there's a significantly more heart attacks and cardiovascular events on that day than any other day of the year, historically, at least. Um, so kind of interesting about just the role. And it's not, it's not like it's common sense when we understand how powerful our autonomic nervous system and regulating our autonomic nervous system is with regard to our heart and the, the, the function of all of our organs and systems. So yeah, just bringing back, you know, highlighting that. And I think it's, again, just as you kind of alluded to Dr. Susanna, some people here like, okay, you know, stress less, like, okay, I'll, I'll do my best, whatever, but not really consider the weight of that in our health mm -hmm. and prevent and specifically prevention of cardiovascular events. I mean, you know, I, but it's again, obvious, it's kind of conventional knowledge that stress <laughs> causes like heart attacks. For sure. You know, that, that connection is so clear. Um, so yeah, all of those things, the, the, I've, the electrolytes, electrolytes, nutrient density, hydration, and autonomic nervous system balance to help uh, regulate blood pressure. 
So that's kind of the blood pressure picture. Yeah. Maybe shifting gears and talking about cholesterol a bit, which of course, huge topic. I think blood pressure medications and cholesterol lowering medications are two of the most commonly prescribed uh, prescription drugs. And interestingly, you know, despite those being swallow, you know, essentially like, you know, in the water supply, like more people are taking those drugs than not, you know, despite the prevalence of those drugs being swallowed, we still have so many heart attacks in our world. So that's just going to show that really we're dealing with something other than a prescription drug deficiency. <laughs> you know, the, the, the prescription drugs, the heart, the, the cholesterol medications and the blood pressure medications aren't really doing it in terms of helping us prevent and reverse heart attacks. For sure. And I just want to say one more thing since we're on the, this, this tangent right here. Just because it's so normal for so many people to be on these medications doesn't mean that it's normal, of course, for humans to be medicated. And but, yeah. you know, I feel like it also it, it's also not an excuse to remain complacent about all that we can do to prevent a heart attack. You know, oh, just because I'm on this drug that gets my cholesterol back to the perfect numbers. Um, yeah, that's that's not enough to really prevent, to, to become heart attack proof, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're encouraging you if you're out there listening to this and you are on those medications, which is totally fine and okay if you are, but to, you know, to, to start considering what else, what else you can do. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. <laughs> and as we do those things, we are able to free ourselves from those medications and the side effects that come along with those medications, which are, you know, real things. Um, so cholesterol issues, such a basic thing. The first thing, the first thing we can do to lower our cholesterol is stop taking in cholesterol. So of course, cholesterol is ubiquitous in all animal products. It's a fundamental component of animal cells, um, including human cells, by the way. But whenever we're eating animal cells, animal products, whether it's meat, fish, dairy, or eggs, we are taking in dietary cholesterol that we don't need because our bodies make it their own, its own cholesterol. Um, in other words, cholesterol is not an essential nutrient for humans. Uh, in fact, dietary cholesterol leads to elevated blood cholesterol very, you know, very clearly. And that elevated level of cholesterol increases blood viscosity, increases the likelihood of placking in the arteries, especially in the setting of endothelial dysfunction and high oxidative stress. Um, and that leads to atherosclerosis, cardiovascular disease, and then the increased likelihood of that those plaques rupturing to cause myocardial infarctions or cardio cardiovascular events. Um, so first thing, stop eating cholesterol, you know, avoiding the animal products. And um, I would say, you know, even if we are eating animal products from time to time, we can load up on the nutrient dense antioxidant things so that we don't have the setting of endothelial dysfunction in our body so that the cholesterol that we do potentially take in in our diet doesn't get lodged in our arteries and cause any sort of uh you know symptoms or you know pathologies 
Right. Yeah. But for some individuals, even when they go on a plant-based diet, they reduce intake of cholesterol, they might still experience high cholesterol levels. So what's up with that? Well, something else, another factor that can um, contribute to high cholesterol levels is if your liver is overwhelmed because your liver. Oh, first, first, first before that, or along with that saturated fat, saturated fat. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Okay. Sorry. I, I mean, yeah. Well, yes, I was I was going to say saturated fat intake stresses the liver. But was there something else you wanted to say about saturated fat? Saturated fat raises cholesterol levels. Right. So, yeah, I mean, liver health. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a lot about the liver health in a few weeks whenever we get to the liver. But and yes, there is the liver cholesterol connection. But but um, saturated dietary saturated fat, like, you know, predictably increases cholesterol levels in our body. Yes, but through what mechanism? Uh, through increasing cholesterol synthesis. Okay. Yeah. In, in the liver. In the liver. In the liver. So okay. it does come back to the liver. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what I was going to say yeah. is that the more fat we intake, the more stress our liver, um, the, the bigger burden our liver has. And our liver is already responsible for 500 functions, including the metabolism and production of cholesterol. Um, So yeah, taking a lot of fat in, especially saturated fat is going to mess with our bodies and liver's delicate balance of um, cholesterol production and metabolism. Totally. And uh, the most powerful thing that we can do to address this issue of potentially taking in too much saturated fat is by avoiding oils, avoiding added oils in our whole food plant-based diet. And we know that oils are processed foods. So technically when we're talking about whole food plant-based, it's just like not part of them because they're not whole food oils. Yes, you know, they are plant-based, but we're emphasizing, of course, the whole food component of whole food plant-based lifestyle, which is what it makes it so powerfully healing, especially with regard to preventing and reversing heart attacks. Um, so yeah. Oh, we should also talk about movement exercise of course, <laughs> because, but... because movement and exercise are also really great at regulating high blood pressure and also cholesterol. Totally. Totally. We, we can't <laughs> yeah. cover it all in, in 20 plus minutes, right. <laughs> maybe an hour. Um, but you know, we've, we've done like our whole week long challenge covering all this information, which is still up on our website for those who want to take Ooh. the heart attack proof challenge. Totally. Um, so that, that being said, you know, saturated fat, added dietary saturated fat, dietary cholesterol, essentially eating whole food plant-based is going to set us up for huge wins with regard to lowering our cholesterol into healthy range. And uh, a lot of people are wondering, like, what is that healthy range? And it's different for everyone. I think a lot of people get hyper-focused on biochemistry labs or, you know, biometric lab markers and whatnot. And the fact is that for one person at one period in their life, their optimal cholesterol level is going to be very different than another person. Um, So rather than getting super hung up on that, you know, just focusing on doing all the good things that feel good in our bodies and, and lower oxidative load, lower inflammatory status in our vascular system, et cetera. Um, But that being said, you know, with regard to kind of the research numbers, uh, total cholesterol of, total cholesterol of 150 milligrams per deciliter. I think that's what it is. Sorry. (laughs) 150 or less 
is generally like really good in terms of being quote unquote hard attack proof. What some people have said, of course, normal is 200 or less, but optimal maybe 150 or less unmedicated. Um, and our HDL, LDL, we could do a whole nother podcast on just cholesterol. I know, but We're our already H- 22 minutes in. Yeah, but our HDL, LDL ratio is is an important consideration. And we want to, of course, uh, but, but, but the most important thing is just that total number around 150 or less optimally, but less than 200, you're moving in the right direction. But most people, you know, when they stay on a whole food plant-based lifestyle for a period of time, they get there, especially as their liver is healing and coming into balance. So just stay persistent. This, you know, we can get huge gains over the course of a couple weeks even or a couple months, but our gains and wins with regard to balance in our body are, uh, you know, accentuated the more we stick with it, the more we sustain this lifestyle. So don't give up if you just, you know, if your cholesterol only drops five or 10 points in the first month or two or three of eating whole food plant-based. Um, this is the long game that we're playing. Um, so that's, I guess, the cholesterol conversation in a nutshell. Yeah. And the third big factor we've talked about that leads to heart attack is endothelial dysfunction, which we covered in great depth in our vascular episode. Um, But let's just kind of review the major points of, you know, what can lead to endothelial dysfunction. And endothelial dysfunction is essentially like an injury to the vascular wall, which will then start the cascade of, of the process of growing a plaque, building a plaque. And that injury can be caused by, uh, free radicals, that injury can be caused by high uh, pressure and high viscosity. And that's why cholesterol and blood pressure is such a major factor, even in the prevention of endothelial dysfunction. If you think about, you know, like having more pressure going through a hose, I don't know. And and, and then that, it's that like hose, a know. thick viscous fluid. Yeah, the inside of that hose is going to get you know, there's going to be more friction. There's going to be more injury. There's going to be. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also like, that. that's a great metaphor. I'm also thinking about the hose, you know, that the, the health of the hose, yeah. you know, if you leave the hose out in the sun, you know, and the sun is baking down on it and making it all crusty, that sun, that's like oxidative stress, you mm-hmm. know, making the, causing that vascular sclerosis, sclerosis and endothelial dysfunction. So that kind of, uh, you know, crusty hose uh, is more likely to burst under high pressure and um, and cause that and cause the injuries within the inner lining of the hose, mm-hmm. which uh, that's what we're talking about when we with regard to endothelial dysfunction is the really delicate lining of the inside of our vascular system. Again, go back to episode 319 for a crash course in uh, vascular health and endothelial function. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned already like, you know, the importance of movement or exercise and a lot of people start there as always you know aerobic exercise for cardiovascular health um uh, but but that's that's just one small piece of the puzzle and of course if we're not feeling good if we're not having energy how are we going to maintain some sort of aerobic movement uh routine um but yeah of course moving our body regularly improves our metabolism and blood sugar regulation which is really you know tightly uh linked with our cardiovascular health improves improves our lymphatic system our circulatory system our our um you know liver health 
our detoxification pathways so much. So yeah, of course, moving, very important. Um, and then we also already just alluded to it a little bit with regard to blood pressure, just our stress levels, our state of our autonomic nervous system, hugely powerful in preventing and reversing cardiovascular disease. Uh, so just staying open-minded to how we can be in a deeper state of peace more and more of the time, staying more sensitive to stress and how the, that stress is manifesting physiologically so that we can unplug or reset or recenter or lengthen that diaphragmatic exhalation in terms of like a practice we can do physiologically to really lower our sympathetic uh, nervous system state and increase our parasympathetic healing regenerative response. Um, so definitely, you know, I feel like we're just kind of scratching the surface here. Totally, totally. But this is a great opportunity. I think we should direct those listeners who are wanting more in-depth information over to our website, www.alter.health. You'll see right there on the homepage, there's an opportunity to Hopefully take... it's still there when you listen to this. I, I know, know I know it's there now. There. Yeah. It's only going to be up there for a little, little longer because we're changing things around. So yeah. go over there and register for the free whole food plant-based challenge. You can go through at your own pace and learn through several lessons, really how to become heart attack proof. And um, yeah, Ben, I'd love it if we could end with that. Um, we haven't even shared any of the like the research. I mean, a lot of people are familiar probably with Esselstyn, mm -hmm. Dr. Esselstyn and his research that's been published. But what were you going to say? By talking about your 747 little thing. Oh, that's okay. That's really, I feel well, like it's just impactful. It is impactful. The too. fact that, yeah, we, we know that we, you know, one out of th three deaths can be attributed to cardiovascular disease and, and, um, but the 747 really paints the photo. Yeah. So paints the picture, so I just did the math, right? 800,000 people, more than 800,000 people die every year of cardiovascular disease. That's been pretty consistent. In fact, kind of increasing. Um, we should have started with this. Yeah, I know. But we and we kind of did, but I just not the. So eight hundred thousand people divided by three hundred sixty-five days in a year. That's over twenty-two hundred people, if I remember correctly. Twenty-two hundred people a day, um, dying of heart attacks. And uh, if you, like, I, I just heard it explained to me in terms of that the jumbo jet example. I think around five or 600 people can fit on a jumbo jet, you know, a 747. So that's like four jumbo jets crashing every day, you know, and all passengers perishing every day. And you think about like, okay, how can we make these jumbo jets safer? How can we make the pilots more competent? How can we prevent four jumbo jets from crashing every single day, day after day, after day, after day? We've got all the answers. We do. We just shared them with you real as, as quickly as, as we could. But it's as simple as removing the oxidative stress, increasing the nutrient density, the fiber-rich whole plant foods, you know, lowering the physiologic stress, and um, bringing our bodies into balance to uh, prevent these jumbo jets from crashing and uh, preventing ourselves from being the statistic. And of course, we're not you know, intending to fear monger here, uh, but it's really grim. And everyone knows someone who's had a heart attack or stroke. And, you know, fortunately, like ho hopefully, like we again, it's always good news when we survive. And hopefully those survivors of heart attacks and strokes are have some sort of inspiration to not have that event again 
because of course our chances of surviving a second or a third or a fourth become less and less and less. And then of course, when we do have heart attacks and, you know, cardiovascular events, there's all sorts of other confounding factors affecting all other parts of our bodies. Um, so yeah, hopefully the, the, the message here that you're, that you're leaving with is one of empowerment, one of, I can do something about this. You know, I can inspire my family. I can help my, my parents or my, you know, my cousins or my aunts and uncles, uh, you know, avoid premature death and increase their health span and their enjoyment in life. That's really what it's all about. So hopefully you're taking that energy away from this conversation. And sorry, it's a longer episode, but of course it, there's a lot to cover and we didn't even do, I, I, I don't know. I give ourselves like a, you know, C plus in, ter I know, in terms I know. of covering the information <laughs> in a timely fashion. But of course, there's so much. There's so much. So head on over to alter.health. Check out our heart attack proof free challenge. And also check out Thrive on Plans. If you're wanting to just like dive in, get the support, get all the education, the, the plan, everything you need to really, you know, start moving in the direction towards better health, greater longevity, heart attack proof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come and reach out to us. We'd love to have you join Thrive on Plants. Thanks Bye. as always for hanging out with us. We'll see you Wednesday for our Wisdom Wednesday episode. Peace and love. Bye for now.